Welcome. This is the She's Capable podcast with Christelle, Shelby, and Ashley. We want to champion you, have real discussions on real issues, and have fun. We want you to thrive spiritually, emotionally, and in your practical life. I just kind of want to go right into it because I really do, I feel the Lord really moving right now. And I don't want to just stop that and transition into like, okay, we're done with that and we're moving into our next thing. I really feel like the Lord is just moving on that, even what Shayla was doing in people's hearts today. And I want to partner with that. I'm so blessed by all that God has already been doing this weekend, and I just want to continue that. So like she said, my name is Shelby Mossman. Um, My husband and I, Clark, have been on staff here for almost four years now, and we love this place. We love God's presence in this place, and we are blessed to be a part of it. Um, But the Lord spoke to me uh, almost a year ago now, coming into 2019, about the word of invitation and that he's inviting us into his presence, into knowing him more, into going deeper with him. And um, every year I asked the Lord for a word, and that was the word he gave me personally. And the first half of the year, I didn't even know what that meant. And I I asked the Lord, but I didn't really get a whole lot. And it wasn't until the last about six months that God continued to reveal to me, what does that mean, Shelby? What does that mean for my life? And um, it's a really powerful word of coming into his presence. And it's really something that has shifted everything for me. And I feel like as I was praying into what God wants to do this weekend, that's something that is powerful for each person in the room today too. And so I'm just excited about what he wants to bring. But um, my husband and I, we had our first child in December, our daughter Esther. (laughs) Yeah. You've probably seen her around. She's pretty precious. She's got big blue eyes, and she's really friendly. Um, I'm sure if you haven't seen her, you will notice her. She's around. But um, I had a a little bit of a rougher birth, so I had a longer recovery. And then obviously the first several months of just becoming parents, right, and figuring that out. And if anybody in the room is a parent, you know what I mean. (laughs) You're just getting your feet under you those first few months. And so that's what it was. And so at at that point, I wasn't really facilitating my relationship with the Lord in that first transitional period. It was just, I still would acknowledge him or speak to him here or there, but I was just getting by, right? And so several months after my daughter was born, I decided, okay, we're starting to get our feet under us. We're starting to get used to our new normal. And I really felt um, like, okay, I need to step into really pursuing the Lord's heart again and being intentional with my relationship with the Lord. And so in that time, I started to do that. I started to set aside time to sit in his presence, um, to speak to him, to start to make an effort on my end. And what I was finding was it wasn't easy. And I kind of got into a rut of just checking things off the list where I would sit down with the Lord and I would do my Bible reading, do a little bit of a devotional book, check, check, and then move on with my day. And it wasn't changing me. It wasn't moving my heart. It wasn't shifting things in my life. And I wasn't really even engaging the presence of God. I just was going through the motions. And it was easier for me at that point to do that. And so it was actually several months of doing that where I continually just checked off the boxes and moved on with my day. And I remember one day I was sitting in my living room and I was uh, doing that again, right? Going through the motions. And um, I all of a sudden was about to get up and be done. I'd done all of my stuff that day. And all of a sudden I was, I had this feeling come over me that Shelby, you could do this for the rest of your life. You could go through the motions. You, sh- you could just get by and it would all be fine. 
it, would, it wouldn't be a problem. You'd still be a Christian. You would still be able to be in full-time ministry. You'd still be able to technically say, yes, I'm pursuing the Lord. Yeah, I'm going and setting aside my time in a secret place. Yeah, I could do that forever, and it would be okay. And in that moment, I was, like, terrified. I had this feeling of, like, dread come over me. And I was like, oh, I can't. I can't do that. And all of a sudden, I realized I have to have more of God. I'm not satisfied with just going through the motions and checking it off the list to say that I've done it today. It was in that moment that I decided I have to have more of God. I have to have his heart. I can't do this anymore. And I actually believe that that is why you guys are here this weekend. Because you're not into status quo Christianity. You're not into just checking the things off your list. You're here because you want more of God. And you're going to stop at nothing to get it. You're here and maybe you don't even know why you're here. I actually felt in preparing that there's people in the room today that they don't know why they're here. They just knew they had to come. Or maybe they just, like a friend invited them and, and maybe that's you. Maybe a friend invited you and you're just here because of that. And you don't even know that you want more of God, but I, I believe you do. And I believe that's why you're in the room today. And so for me, um, when I made that decision with the Lord, it started a journey between me and God. And the reality was it wasn't easy. It wasn't at that moment, like a blink of an eye, that all of a sudden that became easier, that it became easier to press in. It actually was a, a, like a journey for me where I had to get into his presence. And I was finding day after day, nothing had changed. Other than my heart's desire, nothing had changed. And I still felt like I wasn't meeting him. I wasn't really connecting with God's heart. And so one day I actually was here in the prayer room. And I was talking to the Lord and I was like, God, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to respond. I don't know what to do because I'm trying, but I'm getting nothing. And I felt the Lord whisper into my spirit, just respond to my invitations. And I was like, God, what does that mean? And he was like, Shelby, I am releasing invitations over you all the time. I'm extending myself to you. I'm inviting you. And you may not even recognize it, but if you respond to my invitation, you're going to meet me. And it was in that moment that things started to actually shift. And God is extending invitations. He's extending invitations to you and to me. He's extending invitations all the time. And as I, as I, after I heard this, I started to see, oh my goodness, he's extending invitations to me every day, all day. But I had grown numb to these invitations. I had grown numb to hearing what he was saying, to feeling his presence. And you might be sitting there going, that's me. I came here because I'm numb. And I've never, or maybe I haven't in a long time, experienced his drawing. And I actually believe he wants to meet you. I actually believe he has brought you here for that specific purpose. So for me, that was the moment that I stepped into, okay, I'm going to be aware of these invitations. And you might have heard these invitations and not even known what to do with them, and that's okay. I'm here to tell you that every time that I responded to an invitation, and I said, okay, God, I'm going to choose to be with you, it got easier the next time. And the next invitation got louder and clearer and easier for me to hear. And I could ease, it was much easier to respond to that second invitation. 
And it continued on and on and on in that way. And sometimes invitations are loud and clear, and that's what we need sometimes, right? But other times they're really quiet. Like for me in that season, it looked like a moment of just feeling a little tad bit of his presence and going, oh, that's God. That's God. I have to respond. And I would turn and just speak to him. Simple. What are you saying, God? What are you doing? What do you want me to know right now? And as soon as I would turn my attention to him in that way, he would speak to me. Other times, it looked like I had the option of spending time with God or spending time doing something else. Not even bad things, but just other things. And I remember moments of being torn of like, oh, I don't really want to, but I should, and going back and forth. And in those moments that I had the option and I chose him, there was so much power in meeting him in that place because I had let go of whatever else I had focused on. I was laying down things for him. And he ushered me into his presence in those moments that I chose him. So each invitation, it looks different. And maybe me explaining it to you makes you go, oh, that's true, he is inviting me. And I'm not talking about shame or guilt because sometimes we can get into that side of things and go like, oh, well, if I don't spend time with the Lord, I'm gonna feel bad. I'm gonna feel guilty. And no, I'm not talking about that side of things. I'm talking about him literally extending himself to you and saying, come be with me. I am more than enough for you. I have everything that you need. And that's what I felt him doing. I actually believe that God has something unique for each person who's coming this weekend. That was something that I prayed into and I really felt the Lord show me like individual faces, not like, okay, God has something for us as a body of Christ. He totally does. But I actually believe he has specific, unique things for each person in the room. Not just today, but this weekend. And I believe that you guys came into the room with things on your heart, and it was so in line with what Shayla was already saying. I was already feeling that. But you guys came into the room today with things that are weighing on your heart. Maybe circumstances that are really hard. Or maybe desires that you're excited about that you're like, okay, God, I need your confirmation to pursue that. I believe you all came in searching for something today. And I believe he has something specific for you, something unique to your circumstances. And I feel like he wants to meet you, meet you in that way. All right, I'm gonna let you go. <laughs> Thank you, Hannah. I'm gonna let her go so she's not up here the whole time. Can we clap for Hannah? Our, these worship teams are amazing. We're so blessed to have them. But I wasn't going to keep her up here the whole time. <laughs> All right. So, like I said, it was something that shifted everything for me. And God is extending invitations in that way. And I actually found that even one simple response in my life shifted everything. And so I'm even here to tell you today that one moment of choosing Jesus over choosing other things has the power to break chains and move mountains in your life. You probably have experienced it. Different ones of you have experienced that. I can tell you that because I have experienced it. One moment of choosing him has shifted everything in my life. And he's done that many different times. The beautiful thing about God is also that he will not force himself upon us. He's a God that patiently waits. He sits there and he's like, come be with me. 
It's not a mandatory meeting. It's like an invitation to a party. He's like, come be with me. I'm not going to force myself. He's the perfect gentleman. He waits for you to respond to him. It's not like a forced love. That's not even love. If you were to say, you have to love me, that wouldn't be real love. I, even friendship in that way. You have to be my friend. That's not love. I, I actually remember, so I went to a Christian university, and I'm not here to bash Christian university because I loved it. <laughs> but there are some weird things that go on when you're in a culture of young Christians that don't know what they're doing, right? We're young. We're like, like immature, okay? So there was some weird stuff, and one of those weird things was that there was this trend where people would go up to, like, like one girl would go to another and be like, God told me that we're supposed to be best friends. And I remember one girl came to me and did that, and I was like, and I'm not one to, like, I'm like a more upfront person. So I was, like, really stuck. Like, what am I supposed to do here? Because I don't feel that. And it's kind of like a manipulative thing, even if they don't intend it to be that way, right? Because you're not like, now you feel like, I have to be your best friend because God told you. (laughs) Or I had another friend of mine. um, She had a girl come up to her after our first year of college and was like, God told me that we're supposed to be roommates. And this girl was like, I don't even know you. And I remember sitting with her and she's like crying, sobbing in our bedroom. She's like, I don't want to live with that girl, but I don't want to step out of the will of God. Like so dramatic and unnecessary, right? And we're sitting there trying to counsel her like, I don't know what you should do. Okay, God is not like that. He's not sitting there going, you have to be my friend. You have to come be with me. No, he's waiting. He's waiting for you to respond to him. He's giving you the option all the time. The the invitations don't stop, but he's not forcing them. He's waiting for you to respond to him. There's a parable that really demonstrates this. And uh, if you want to get out your Bible, this is a little longer passage, so I'd love for you to turn there if you have your Bible. It's Luke 14, 16 through 23, but we also are going to put it up there. So if you don't have a Bible, we won't shame you. Um. But yeah, if you guys want to turn there, I'll give you a minute here. It's Luke 14, 16 through 23. Should come up there on the slides. Maybe not. Okay, turn your Bible there or follow along with a friend. I'll read slowly. Okay, but it says, Jesus replied, a certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I've just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married so I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to the master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still more room. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, Not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. I want to focus on three main things with this parable. The first one is that God is continually extending these invitations to us. 
just like in this parable, he's invited many guests. And he's actually prepared a banqueting table for anyone who is willing to respond. And it's actually the same with us. God has gone before us and he's prepared a feast of everything that we could possibly want, desire, need. Everything that we need is found in him. And he's actually laid it out. He's prepared it. And he's like, here, I have it. I have your greatest joys. I have whatever's going to help you overcome that circumstance. I have even communion, relationship. I have it all laid out. I've spread it out. I've prepared it. I've put so much effort into it. It's exactly what you want and exactly what you need. And he's, he's just asking, come, commune with me. In a family, you eat meals together, and that's when you spend time together. Like at the end of the day, I remember at my family suppers, it was like someone might be crying because something happened during the day. Somebody else might be like, Mom, this is what my day looked like. It was such a good day. I'm so excited. Another person might be like, oh, this is what I'm going to be pursuing. This is what I'm going to do next week at school or whatever's next. Family meals are a place where you come and you commune together and you care about each other and you help each other and you spend time together and you laugh. It's the same thing with God. He's created a table before us and he's like, come, just sit at my table. Commune with me. I have everything and more and I want to give it to you. But when we choose not to respond to that invitation, we're actually rejecting that. And we're saying, oh, I have better things to do. I actually can fix my problems my way. I can do this on my own or I I just don't have the time, right? And we're actually not even realizing. We don't even get to understand what we're really missing out on. It wasn't until I started spending that time with the Lord again that I realized what I was missing out on. Because you get into normal life and you forget. It doesn't even feel like you have missed. But when you get into his presence and you actually taste and see that the Lord is good and you're like, wow, this is so good and this is what I was missing out on. And that's exactly how it is with the banqueting table that he set before you. You don't even know what it's going to taste like and how good it's going to be until you step into it. The next thing I want to focus on is that we are just like the guests in this parable. We have so many things before us that we can choose to do. Like one of them was like, I bought a field. It's like a representation. I have property. I have to go tend to that. Another guy was like, I bought five oxen. I have to go. That's like finances. I I have financial things I have to take care of. My job, I really need that. And then the third one's like, "I, I just got married. I have to take care of my spouse. I have to invest in that new relationship. This is so important. And the thing is, none of those things are even bad things. Like, if you think about it, those are all great things. God desires to give good gifts to us. But the issue comes when we choose those things over God. And we say, that thing is more important than spending time with you. That relationship is more valuable to me than sitting at your feet. That job, I need it. I need it so bad, I can't actually fit you into my day, God. That's when we get out of alignment, and that's when we get our lives into a mess, The third thing I want to focus on is that God is not a respecter of persons or reputation. He's actually inviting all people. Like in this parable, he invited the poor, the blind, the crippled, the lame, the most broken people in society. He tells his servants, go out to the lanes, the the roads, find anybody that will come. 
Anyone that is willing to respond to my invitation is invited. He's not sitting at it, looking at us going, oh, well, Shelby, because she's in full-time ministry, okay, I'm going to go deep with her. But this other person, well, no, they work a full-time job. We can't, that, that won't work. <laughs> He's not like that. He's not a respecter of our reputation or this person's a pastor, so they got it figured out. No, he's ready for any heart that longs for him. He's sitting there going, I will go just as deep with you as long as you respond. A heart that is hungry for God is not going to be ignored. He will meet you, no matter your circumstances, your reputation. Even you, maybe you've fallen away from the Lord. Maybe you've walked away and you've done a lot of stuff that you're not proud of. He is just as close to you, and he's still extending invitations saying, come and be with me. I am willing. Are you? That's what he's asking us. He doesn't care about what man looks at, what we think we are. I feel like we, we put ourselves into two, two categories. We either go to the extreme of thinking that we're, like we disqualify ourselves. We go like, I'm not good enough. I can't go deep with God. I don't deserve it. Or we go to the other extreme and we're like, well, I've got it figured out. I facilitate the prayer room all the time. No, he's like, guys, that means nothing to me. He's like, he often says, I think it's in Isaiah. He's like, their lips sing my praises, but their hearts are far from me. And he is looking for a heart that is willing to respond to him. So what is God inviting us to? I believe he's inviting us to a lot of things, but I want to focus on a couple today. First of all, I want to focus on, and this actually was just through prayer with our team that we brought up here yesterday, and we said we'd be praying into different things. This was actually something that wasn't originally in my message, but we felt God wanted to do today. But we believe that there are people in the room today that have never given their life to Jesus, that for the very first time you're hearing his invitation, and I believe that he wants to meet you. And I want to read 2 Samuel 14, 14, and it says, All of us must die eventually. Our lives are like water spilled out on the ground, which cannot be gathered up again. But God does not just sweep away life. Instead, he devises ways to bring us back to him when we have been separated from him. I actually believe there's even people right now in the room that your heart is burning, that you feel God. And maybe it's the first time or the first time in a really long time but I actually believe he wants to draw you into relationship with him for the very first time today. That's his invitation for one group of people. I also believe that he's inviting us to go deeper with him. Revelation 4, 1 through 2 says, After this I looked, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. And the voice I had heard first speaking to me, like a trumpet, said, Come up here. And I will show you what must take place after this. At once I was in the spirit, and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. This is right before it goes into explaining what the throne room looks like, what it looks like in heaven and what's going on. And God is actually standing before John, and he's like extending his hand, and he's saying, John, come up here. Let me help you come up here, and I want to show you what I'm going to do. And I actually believe he's doing the same thing to us. He's standing there going, come up here. 
He's extending his hand saying, come up here. I want to show you what I'm going to do. I want to show you my plans and my purposes. I want to show you what's on my heart, what I'm desiring for this country, for the, the world. He's like, I'm inviting you into that to go deeper with me, to know my will and my ways, actually to even know my character, who I am. Not just knowing about God, because I lived a lot of my life knowing a lot about God. I'm talking about knowing him, knowing his heart. You know that God is an emotional God? He actually feels things for us. He's actually sitting there going, I actually want relationship like a friend, not just like you know about me. I want to know you and you know me. And he's inviting us to know him deeply and to know his heart, to know what he's passionate about, what he wants to do in the earth. He wants us to be a part of that. So he's inviting us into that. That's one part of his invitation. And then it says after that, at once I was in the spirit. And the thing is, as we respond to his invitation, he actually releases his spirit over us. He actually meets us in that place, and I believe he gives us opportunity for a supernatural experience with him. If we're willing to step into his presence or sit down and crack open our Bible and engage his Holy Spirit, he's actually willing to encounter us in a supernatural way, not one in our natural mind or just things that we can do in our own strength. No, he's willing to come in in a supernatural, only God-type way, and he wants to meet you in that way. So he's inviting you to that. Another part is that he is inviting us to know ourselves in light of who he is. John 17, 25 through 26 says, Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you. And they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them, and that I myself may be in them. This is part of why God sent Jesus. He actually knitted himself into who we are. Your unique personality traits, your beautiful strengths, the things that make you quirky and that are only about you, God, that's actually a reflection of God. He knitted those things into your very being, and they're parts of his personality that he expresses through you. And as we get to know him better, as we see this God and we spend time with him and we actually start to know him in a real personal way, we actually get to know ourselves. We get to know who we are and who we were intended to be. And he, it's like, okay, so who here has heard of the Enneagram test? Raise your hand. Okay, so who here likes the Enneagram test? Raise your hand. Okay, now who here hates the Enneagram? Please raise your hand. Okay, I figured there were some of you. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm not going to break down the Enneagram test and diagnose your different personality types. But what I will say is I actually do like the Enneagram. And what it does is it's just a basic human tool to break apart our personalities, what makes us unique. And you can be in one of nine categories and you can lean a certain way or do when you're in health, you act a certain personality type. And when you're in unhealth, you act a different one. So it's really intricate, and I have found that the more I understand it, or think I understand it, or study it, the less I actually feel like I understand people, because we're so intricate and unique. You can actually get certified in the Enneagram. Did you know that? <laughs> it's kind of funny, but I have found that the more I explore things like that, the less I actually find that I really know, 
And to me, that's just a reflection of God. He makes us so unique, so special. He makes us who we are. And the thing is, he's knitted himself into us. And personally, I have found, and maybe you can relate with this, that when I'm spending time with the Lord and really connected to his heart, my strengths become magnified and my weaknesses seem to decrease. I look more like Jesus. I, as I spend time in his presence, I am more beautiful. Like my character is more beautiful. I'm more, I wouldn't say put together, but I'm more like I have things in my heart. The ugliness is like minimized. Like, can you relate to that? Is that true for you too? And when I don't spend time with the Lord, trust me, my husband knows. It's actually his like key question. He's like, if I'm like crying or like really frustrated or different things, he'll be like, Shelby. And he's like really hesitant, right? He's like, have you been spending time with the Lord? And I'm like, go away. Yes, no, maybe not. But anyway, um, when I don't spend time with the Lord, when there's big stretches where I'm really disengaged from his heart, I'm quick-tempered. I am more frustrated easily. My sin heart, like the issues in my sins in my heart, sorry, I can talk. The sins in my heart come up and they are expressed in my life. Whereas when I'm in his presence, all those things seem to minimize and I make war on them and I become more beautiful and more of a reflection of Jesus. And so when we get to know him and we spend that time in his presence, we actually get to know who we were really truly created and intended to be. So he's inviting us to that opportunity. As we step into our identity as sons and daughters of God, chains actually fall off our lives. Our lives. I actually found that with so many things. Like I said before, in an instant, he can shift things. And it doesn't always happen in an instant. So I'm not here to tell you like, oh, you should have figured that out by now. No, but there is opportunity. Every time you step into his presence, there is opportunity for things to shift in your life, in your heart, in your circumstances. And we don't want to miss that opportunity. All of this ends up culminating oftentimes to a heart posture that is like responding with, Jesus, you come. Now that you've invited me, I, wanna, I want you to come. Come back. Come back to the earth. Or if you're not going to come back yet, at least come back to my living room and let me experience you through your Holy Spirit. We start to respond and our heart actually shifts to that hunger and that desire for him. We want him to be close. We want to feel him. Revelation twenty two seventeen says, And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. And let him who hears say, Come. And let the one who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him drink the water of life freely. This verse is at the end of Revelation. And it's the bride. That's you and I saying, Jesus, come back. We want you. Jesus, come back. We need you. And we're inviting, we're inviting, we're saying, God, come, Lord Jesus, come. Because our heart posture has shifted. And I, I okay, so I'm going to admit something, and you may judge me, but I guarantee there's other people in the room who have also thought this before. But I used to be like, Jesus, don't come back yet. <laughs> I want to live a good life. <laughs> I want to have fun. I want to I build a family. And I want to get married and have kids. And then I want to see those kids grow up. And then I want to be a grandparent. Come then. 
Come then, because then my life was good, and then I can have you and go be, and I've fulfilled all that I've wanted. Have you, has anybody ever felt that way? Okay, so I'm not this horrible Christian. Okay, good. But I used to think that. But the thing is, is I've experienced more of God And the little bit that I have, if you think about it, I'm 26 years old, and the little bit of God that I've realistically experienced has changed me so much that my heart is like, come, come back. I don't care. I don't care about these things in my life. I don't care about that job opportunity. I don't care about building that family or seeing my kids grow up. No, God, I want you. I want you now. I want you here. Come back to the earth. I want you close. All those things that were once so important fade. All because I've had a glimpse of who he is. And it's literally nothing in comparison to what we will actually experience when we get to heaven or when he comes back to the earth. My heart posture has shifted and over even the last several months, more than ever, my heart posture is continually being renewed and shifted into come Jesus. And if you're not going to come back yet, come into my living room and let me experience who you are. I want to know you. I want to know your heart. I want to know your ways. I don't want to know about you anymore. I'm tired of knowing about you. I can't live like that anymore. And I believe there are people in the room who feel the same way that you can't live like that anymore. It's not good enough. You have to have more of him. What's really cool, even in this verse, is that in the midst of our greatest pursuit of God, he's still pursuing us a thousand times more passionately. It says here, after he in, or after the bride is saying, come, Lord Jesus, he actually says, come, whoever's thirsty, he's then extending his invitation. If you're thirsty, come. For those of you that are hungry, come, come drink the gift of life freely. In the midst of our greatest longing and yearning and desiring of his presence, his desire for us is like a thousand times more. It's immeasurably more. Our pursuit of him pales in comparison to his pursuit of us. It's so beautiful. I want to invite the worship team to come up because I'm going to start to wind down here. But I want to finish with several things. And one of those things is this, that God is actually searching the earth for hearts that are hungry for him. He is actually looking in this generation of people, the people who are on the earth right now, he's going, I'm looking for those who are hungry for me, that are desperate enough to lay everything down and get in my presence that are tired of just going through the motions, that are sick of just the basics of generic Christianity where we can just check in, check out, and not change. He's searching the earth for those who are hungry for him, who will stop at nothing to have him, those who will give their lives. He's also searching the earth for those that are willing to lay down everything to know his purposes and his plans and not only know about them and sit on the sideline and cheerlead like, yes, God, do that. No, those who are willing to lay everything down to be a part of what he wants to do. He's searching the earth for those who are willing to lay it all down and know his purposes and plans and actually help usher his presence into the earth, into our midst, those who are willing to give it all just for that. And like in this parable, he's extending and sending out these invitations all the time. 
He's saying, come sit at my banqueting table. Come get to know who I am. Come understand my heart. Understand my voice. Be sensitive to me. Get to the place where you know my voice louder than any other noise. He is inviting us into that place with him. And the thing is, we can't just do the same things over and over again and expect a different result, right? You might be sitting here going, that's me. But the thing is, for me, I had to do something different. My response had to be different. It couldn't just be like, all right, I'm gonna go sit down there and do that again and hope for the best. No, I had to tune my ear into his voice. I believe that some of us have things so loud in our lives and our lives are so full that we have actually drowned out his voice, that he is inviting you, but you can't hear him because there's too much else going on. And some of us may need to lay those things down. Some of us may need to say, all right, Netflix is done. Social media is done. My job that I'm working so hard to maintain that I just, it, it takes everything out of me. Maybe that needs to go. And maybe that's not forever. That's not across the board. But maybe there's something in your life that has to give. You have to be spiritually violent. You have to do something different on your end if you want to see something different on his end. So some of us, we have to tune things down to tune in. And I found, I'm not talking about just hours of sitting in his presence. I understand that's not realistic all the time or maybe even at all for you. Like I'm, I'm a mom, guys. I don't sit for hours at the feet of Jesus while my baby is just sleeping all the time. Like realistically, that's not sustainable for everyone's life or anyone's maybe. <laughs> I'm talking about just turning your attention. I actually now as a mom spend more time with the Lord than I ever did before because it's throughout my day. It's not that one hour in the morning or 30 minutes in the morning that I could squeeze in. It's when I'm doing my dishes or when I'm driving or when I'm doing laundry or when I'm sitting doing some work stuff. I actually turn my attention and engage his Holy Spirit. And I spend more time with him now than I ever have before. And it's not because I sit at his feet and don't do anything else. So as he's inviting you, don't feel like you're disqualified if your life is busy because you can meet him. It takes turning your attention. But it may take sacrifice as well. It may take laying things down. So I want to finish with this. I believe there are three main categories of people in this room today. I believe one of those categories of people are people who have never before heard this invitation who have never actually given their life to Jesus. And maybe for the first time today, you are feeling him stir in your heart and you can't deny what he's doing. So I want everybody across the room to just close their eyes. If you could just take a minute, close your eyes, because I actually wanna give you a chance to respond to that invitation today. Maybe you're also a person that has walked with the Lord before, but you've turned away. Maybe you've given up on him and you feel like he's given up on you. Maybe you don't experience him anymore like you once did. You've chosen, I don't want you, God. So right now with your eyes closed, if anybody fits into that first category, you've never given your life to Jesus or you have, but you've walked away, I want you to raise your hand right now. 
Don't feel embarrassed. There's nobody looking at you. If that's you, raise your hand right now because we believe that God wants to meet you. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right, just keep your eyes closed. You can put your hands down. I believe there is a second category of people. And those people are ones who have heard his invitation, but they don't know how to respond. And maybe that invitation is really quiet and it's really subtle and you don't even know for sure that it was his invitation. But I believe that he has something for you today and he's gonna give you divine strategy for what needs to change in your life to be able to meet him on a regular basis to be able to experience him. So with your eyes continued to be closed, if you feel like that's you, and you want, to, you want more of God, you want to know how to respond to his invitation, or you want more of those invitations to be evident in your life, could you raise your hand? That's awesome. Okay, you can put your hand down. There's one more category of people, and I believe that these people have heard God's invitation and have already started to respond. That you don't even know for sure what you're doing or how to do it best, but you are sure that you're starting to respond. I want to tell you, well done. It only gets easier and better from here. For me, what I found is every time I responded to an invitation, the next one got easier and more clear. And I got to go deeper with God with every response to an invitation. So if that's you and you've been responding, but you want more of God, I want you to raise your hand right now. open your eyes you can put down your hands I just want to say for those of you that are giving your life to Jesus for the very first time or you've walked away I just want to share a little bit of that sacrifice that he has made for you God actually created us for relationship if you've ever asked yourself that question why am I here that is why he created you to know him and be known by him but through sin it has separated us from God separated us it has made us unrighteous before him and so that separated separated us from his presence and maybe right now you feel really separated maybe your sin and your junk has been evident and ugly and hurtful and painful and you feel very far from him that might be you but the thing is God didn't want it to stay that way so he sent Jesus he sent Jesus to die on the cross which and defeat death by raising from the dead. He actually defeated death and sin in that moment. And so through that, he has given us the opportunity to respond like today, this eternal invitation to come into his presence, into relationship with him. And we have the, the choice of how we're gonna respond. Are we gonna turn away from our sin? It's actually a real exchange, guys. It's not just like, okay, I'll add it on to my good life. No, it's an exchange saying, I don't want that anymore. I want him. I want all of him. So that's our response. And heaven and hell are real. That's an eternal reality. And he wants us to spend it with him. The worst thing about hell is not even the fire and the brimstone. No, the worst thing about hell is the absence of the presence of God. So he's inviting you to spend eternity with him. So for those of you who didn't know this and this is your first time, I hope that gives you a, a better picture of what he's done for you. But I want to invite our ministry team to come up here. So anybody who's going to be praying for people, because we actually want to give an opportunity to pray with you. 
And for those of you that are giving your life to Jesus for the first time, we want somebody to pray with you. So you guys can come on up, come across the front. Anybody that is part of our team that is able to pray for people, that would be awesome. So if I would like to invite all of you to stand right now. Everyone in the room, just stand up. raised your hand for any of those categories, any of the above, doesn't matter which one, I want to invite you to come forward right now and to come get prayer because we want to partner with what God is doing. I actually believe there is going to be breakthrough in the room today. Things that have been hard for you before I believe are going to become easy. Things that have weighed on your heart, circumstances that you are not able to change, I believe he is divinely wanting to change them today. So I want to invite you, don't be afraid, don't be embarrassed. Guys, for anybody that raised your hands, and I saw you, there were a lot of you, come forward because we want to pray for you. Thanks for tuning in to the She's Capable podcast. Please review us, and if you like what you hear, subscribe. We also want to let you know that we have a free ebook out called Becoming the Best Version of You. To download this free ebook, follow the link in the episode notes below. Thanks again for tuning in. See you next time.